The more that you can be aware of what you're telling yourself and what you believe about money, the more we can start to do something about it. Otherwise, it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy that we go and make happen. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Belinda Rosenblum. Belinda, how are you doing today? I'm awesome. I'm so excited to be here. Great. Well, thank you for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Belinda's background first. She is a wealth coach, investor, and co-author of the book Self-Worth to Net Worth. She's been investing for over 20 years and has brought in over $840,000 in rental income. Her current portfolio consists of a two-unit property in Boston, as well as two properties in Costa Rica. She is based in Littleton, Massachusetts, and her website is ownyourmoney.com. So Belinda, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? Absolutely. So this has been really fun to, to 
even have the opportunity to talk about real estate. It's definitely been one of my more profitable hobbies. <laughs> I started early in my 20s. And now I've been running this company called Own Your Money for 13 years. For the first 12, we focused more on personal finance and did some business consulting. I had my own TV show, radio show, a lot of speaking. And then in the beginning of 2019, I actually pivoted to help more small business owners and to really recognize that there's only so much that I could tell people that were in jobs, like go make more money. <laughs> Because they were running out of options. It was like, get a raise, get a promotion, leave your job, start a business. And with my business owners, though, honestly, they have an unlimited potential to make money. And I feel that way about real estate, too. I feel like that's such an opportunity that not enough people capitalize on and go for it. So now in Own Your Money, it's really about helping people to figure out how can they work less, profit more, create a more strategic, aligned, and profitable business so they can pay themselves consistently, so they can really create the freedom and lifestyle that they started the business for in the first place. So that's what we're doing now. It's really fun. Perfect. So I think this is a good transition into the topic we want to talk about, because I would imagine in order to accomplish all those things you just mentioned, you must have the right beliefs and thoughts about money. So the thing we want to talk about was financial fears, and then what your beliefs you have about money is going to affect your ability to accomplish all those things just mentioned as a small business, as a real estate investor. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that. I guess to start off, what would you say is the most common fear or the most common belief that people have that keeps them from reaching that success as a small business owner or as a real estate investor? I do see real estate investors as business owners too. I think oftentimes they may not, but the more that they can start to see themselves as their properties are their businesses, the better off they will be. There are several big ones. I think one of the most important ones is that I have to work harder and harder for money. And then people feel very capped. They're like, well, I don't want to work any harder. So I guess that means that I'm capped at what I can make. And they block themselves. Oftentimes too, people are afraid of success. Like if I become too successful, then dot, dot, dot. And just listening now, start to think about, if you were to say money is, what does money really represent for you? What do you really believe about money and about your ability to earn it? How easy it can come to you? How hard it will be? And I know I watched my dad have four jobs. So there was a time when money would come more easily to me and I would feel bad. Like, am I doing something wrong? Why did he need four jobs? And I just need to tell people what I do and they sign up. But I think that sometimes people have a fear of success around if I become more wealthy, if I am making more money on a regular basis, then people are going to want something from me. I'm going to have to pick up the check when I go out. We do hope to go out again. There might be different ways that you complete that sentence. Also think though, are you afraid of failure? A lot of times people are holding themselves back from achieving and making the money that they can because they're not actually taking the risks and being unapologetic about what they need to do in your real estate and really putting yourself out there. There's so many and it's about starting to recognize that you do have a relationship with money that you get to decide. Much of the time it is very unconscious because it starts when we're growing up and we don't realize it. We're young, we're impressionable. It usually starts when we're five to seven, max like 10. By then we formed our beliefs about money. And it's funny because I actually have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old right now. I'm like, oh God, what are we teaching them about money? But it's really important to recognize that your belief started really early. And it's interesting. There are a few distinctions sometimes between women and men. 
And oftentimes women are a little bit more emotional. We as human beings are meaning making machines and we don't realize how much energy and emotion we put with money. And men, it's interesting because they're not as much on the surface as emotional, but that sometimes they won't take the risks or they won't compete in the way they can, or they won't put themselves out there if they have some old belief that says, this is kind of the cap. This is what I'm comfortable with. This is what feels safe. And then above that, they'll stop themselves. I don't know if I want to do one more property because then they make up all the stuff that can happen. So the more that you can be aware of what you're telling yourself and what you believe about money, the more we can start to do something about it. Otherwise, it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy that we go and make happen. The other thing that's really interesting is noticing what you believe about people that have money. And this is an interesting one in our culture. Theo, you're a little bit younger than me, I think, but think about all the shows that villainize rich people. There's so many. It's like rarely a show when a rich person is a nice person. You ever notice that? Two broke girls are like fun and hysterical and amazing and broke. And the rich people are like Dallas or there's just so much rich people that are mean or greedy or selfish or kill people. It's ridiculous. (laughs) All the way back to like 101 Dalmatians. Gorilla Deville is like stealing 100 puppies. It's like everywhere, right? To the extent that you buy into any of that, that rich people must have done something bad for money or they're greedy or they're selfish or they're not generous. They must have done things that you would never want to do to have their money. Then you will actually not want to ever be rich or wealthy. And if you're one of those people that knows how to make money, but isn't very good at keeping it or saving it, boom, this could totally be your Mm -hmm. cap, your upper limit. Because you're like, well, I don't want to have too much money that then I'll be a rich person. And then it may turn me mean. It may turn me into somebody that I don't want to be. And what I encourage you to do instead, if there is some of that that's resonating with you, is to actually find role models, find people that have money that do great things with their money that are philanthropic, that are generous, that you can really be like, hey, I want to be a rich person like him. And you can start to see, wait a second, maybe not all rich people are bad. If I believe in Bill and Melinda Gates and what they're doing and look what they're doing with their money, well, then there are examples where not all rich people are bad. And then instead do what I say, which is actually recognize that having more money will amplify who you are, but it doesn't have to change who you are as people can start to recognize some of this unconscious and bring it up to the surface, gain some awareness about it, then they can actually start to do something different. Because otherwise, the beliefs that we keep telling ourselves again and again, they feel like truth mm-hmm. when they're not. <laughs> and, and that's <laughs> you know, not- they're actually lies that we keep telling ourselves again and again. And that's, actually, that's a question I want to ask you. So you kind of went over a lot of examples of the types of beliefs people have about money. So I guess, practically speaking, someone is listening right now, you get a few examples, but how do I actually, as you said, make these unconscious thing conscious? So am I writing them down? Do I need a coach to help me get these things out of my mind? How do I know which ones I have? So one of the easiest ways is just to start to keep a little journal. Start to just write them down. And you can follow me on Instagram. You can DM me your beliefs about money. <laughs> I'm at Own Your Money. If you want someone to see them, to recognize them for you and start to write them down and and think to yourself, okay, what do I tell myself about money? And when this thing happens, one of the easiest ways to notice what those beliefs are, are notice all of your interactions with money. Notice your triggers, your reactions when X happens, Y is what you do. So long story, super short. 
my dad had a stroke when I was 21 years old. And so I had just graduated college and became family CFO. <laughs> was not a job I wanted, I can assure you, even as an accounting major. And by 28, I'd band-aided things together, but it was really starting to pile up because I was having a really hard time keeping up. So I found myself at my dining room table, staring or feeling stared down by three huge stacks of bills and mail, literally like as tall as I was at my dining room table. So like for me, a trigger is that I can't let my mail pile up too much in my house because it literally triggers me back to when I was 28 and I let things become a big mess and they were totally out of control. So notice when things happen, (laughs) the good news, PS, I became a self-made millionaire five years later, invested in real estate, did a lot of good things, but it all pivoted on that day when I was like, I can't keep avoiding this. So notice the interactions that are happening in your life around money and notice your reaction to them. So when you go to pay a bill, are you like, oh my God, more bills? Or are you like, oh, look, my light stayed on. Let me pay my light bill and be grateful for that. But realize that, okay, great. Let me get this done. Let me look at how much money is left. Let me look at the profit that I'm making on this. Let me look at when am I going to have my property paid off and realize, are you in reactionary mode? with these triggers, these unconscious beliefs, notice what you're telling yourself, or am I actually able to not be in that scarcity poverty mindset, but realize, wow, I'm making money. How could I make even more? Or how could I make this even easier and faster to achieve? And the mindset blocks are everywhere. So instead of feeling like, oh, I don't have them and go into avoidance, we all have them, (laughs) newsflash. So it's really a matter of recognizing what they are and how much they control your life. So to be able to start to connect with them, I like to look at all of your money interactions and start to write it down. Like, okay, when you paid a bill, when you were at the grocery store, when you bought something online, did you tell yourself this is expensive? Can I afford it? Am I worth it? I don't like the term, can I afford it? Because I feel like we can afford whatever we want. We have to decide, do I want to afford it? Is this aligned with the way I want to be spending my money, with my values, with who I want to be in the world? And really notice the languaging that you're using around money and notice how things are making you feel in that moment. And I absolutely believe that, that our perspective is decisive. Our perspective determines everything. I'll tell you a quick, funny story with you. I was getting married on the beach in Costa Rica and we were at like this really poignant moment when they're talking about those that couldn't be with us, saying a prayer for them and knowing that they're all around us and present. And my husband and I, we're in bliss. We're about to get married and seal the deal. And literally these three dogs start walking by on the beach, Costa Rica, right? So these three dogs start walking down the beach. Well, one stops and pees on the beach of the canopy that was over us. And there was a moment where I was like, oh my God, is this for real? And then my husband and I kind of look at each other and we're like, do we cry? Do we laugh? Do we run? Do we stop? What do we do? And then 10 seconds later, the second one then pee. (laughs) And then they keep walking. The point of this is that I had a moment right there to decide what I wanted to believe. How did I want to feel about that moment? And it's kind of a funny story. It's not directly about money. But we just looked at each other and we started laughing and we're like, oh, I guess the deceased are letting us know that they're here with us. And then we moved on with the wedding. But there are so many little things that happen in our lives where we have a choice to either get upset and to say, this is happening to me and I'm a victim and I can't get to the other side of this. Or we can decide instead, what do I want to believe about this? How can I choose instead a fun perspective on what just happened? 
So in that moment, when you're feeling like, oh crap, another bill, or why is this happening? Instead be like, well, at least a dog's not peeing on my wedding. (laughs) Or be like, hey, it's just another bill. It's a little speed bump. It doesn't have to feel like Mount Everest. So you pay attention to your thoughts and you choose more wisely. A really good example, I think, about once you've identified these types of thoughts, right? You journal, you notice how you react to things, and you recognize that you have a belief that all rich people are evil. So once you realize you have this belief, then the step to overcome that is to find someone who is rich and good that can be your role model. If that's your belief. Exactly. So I'll just listen an example. So if you have these other types of beliefs about money, like for example, a bill paying that you gave, Am I identifying that belief enough to overcome it? Or is there something else I need to do in order to make sure I am not getting triggered whenever I see my pile of bills? Is the awareness of that belief enough? Or is there something that I need to continuously do in order to always not be triggered when I see bills? And obviously apply this to any other belief you have, but I think the bills is just an example. An example. Yeah, totally. There is certainly deeper work. I actually just did a whole one day intensive on changing your mindset around money. So there is a lot more you can do, but I think the easiest, fastest thing is to start to reframe, to release it. And to realize like, oh, that's not actually a truth. That's just a lie I've been telling myself. So what's a new truth that I can take on instead? And to start to reframe it. One of the other key elements, I'll kind of go really big picture here, is to realize that you have a money story that has gotten created over your lifetime. It is a series of pivotal money moments that have happened. With each of those money moments, you locked in a belief about money. It usually starts really early. I worked with Justin. His mom literally stole money out of his piggy bank. Well, that had an effect on him 40 years later when he came to me. When he still didn't trust women with money, didn't trust himself to save money, didn't trust money in the bank. And the result, he never held on to money. He was always broke. He was always very break even. So you can nail down right into the where that belief started and you can figure out, okay, what did I decide happened, but what were the facts of what happened and how can I reframe what happened? And then how do I forgive what happened? So how do I forgive the person and how do I forgive myself for holding on to that belief for years, usually mm-hmm. as a part of it? I also want to go back really quick. You had asked the question about what are some of the bigger beliefs, the lies that we tell ourselves around money. It's often things like I have no money, time, energy, Money just seems too dot, 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 hard, complicated, confusing, overwhelming, or I'm not good at it. I'm not good at math. I'm not good at numbers. I'm not good at details. I'm too blank, ashamed, scared to look at my numbers or five. I guess this is how it's going to be. Like they go to a resignation or six. I don't trust myself to keep up with the books or with money in general. I think those are some of the bigger ones that I often see. So people can listen and think, wait, which one of those do I have? (laughs) Because you probably have one of them. There's a lot you could have, but I think those are some of the more popular ones. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? Do it. Don't wait. I bought my two family house at 28 and it was absolutely the best move. I wish I bought two. I think that sometimes people just wait way too long. And then we're going to skip ahead to the last lightning round question is because we're running out of time. What's the best ever place to reach you? And then any other call to action you have about learning more about what we talked about today. You mentioned that the second step, the reframing step, isn't something that you can get across in a 20 minute podcast. Maybe 
to learn more about that kind of stuff? Sure. So the best ever place to reach me, I'm at own your money on Instagram, on Facebook, at own your money. I am ownyourmoney.com. If you know that part of what you want to do is just get a grasp of the numbers in your business. So you want to know and track the most important numbers in your business in just 10 minutes a month, go to ownyourmoney.com forward slash dashboard. I do have a book, which could be really helpful. It's very much on point with what we talked about. It's called Self-Worth to Net Worth, 12 Keys to Creating Wealth Inside and Out. I wrote it with a psychotherapist, and this was my learning and testing of a lot of what I've been talking about today. That's at selfworthbook.com. Perfect, Belinda. Well, thank you for joining us. The main topic of today was why your beliefs around money affects your profit. So you gave a lot of examples of the types of beliefs People will have type of fears, obstacles, whatever word you want to use about money. But the main crux of it is to listen to what she talked about and then also pay attention to different reactions that you have whenever you're interacting with money and then figure out which beliefs you have about money. So this can be accomplished by observing and then writing it down, having a journal with you and whenever interacting with bills or some TV show or whatever, write down money. Yeah. Yeah. And essentially really anything and write down what thoughts you're having, how you're reacting to this. And then once you've recognized these types of thoughts, you have one really simple way, but I'm sure it takes a while to overcome these beliefs is to reframe the story you're telling yourself into a new story. And then you kind of mentioned how that recognizes Figuring out the major plot points in your life that created that story, the money moments, and then again, kind of reframing that in your mind. You gave the example of the guy whose mom stole money from his piggy bank. And then your best ever advice in regards to real estate, and I'm sure this is probably another fear people have, but by taking action, but it's just to do it. Don't wait. You wish you would have bought more for your first deal. So, Belinda, thank you for joining us. Make sure, again, you check her out at our website, ownyourmoney.com. Get her book which is self-worth to net worth. And then figuring out the numbers in 10 minutes is ownyourmoney.com slash dashboard. So thanks again for joining us. Best ever listeners as always. Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Do you buy property worth over a million dollars? And are you missing huge income tax benefits? Cost segregation is one of the methods I use myself to lower taxes on our properties and increase the cash flow. Call Yona Wise with Madison Specs at 7 three two three 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 one four seven seven.